You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, a very raspy Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Hello, mate. Hi! Oi! <laughs> oh, bo fuck off! It's bullshit. Too funny, man. <laughs> uh, yes, I am back. Back from uh, foggy London town. That's right. Um, yeah, lots happened since uh, we la- we last recorded. <laughs> That's uh, an understatement of the year. Oh my god! Jesus, man! Um, We're gonna get into all of it. Don't worry. Buckle up, guys. It's gonna be a good one today. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, I think uh, we, we, yeah, brother, that won't that doesn't work for me, for me brother. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, oh dude, God. I'm still I'm exhausted. Yeah, dude. Well, you went you went six hours one way, I went six hours the other way, and now we're linking back up after our six hour sojourns together. Yeah, yeah, it's like a game of steal the bacon where we rush back to Philly. <laughs> steal the <Yeah>. bacon. <laughs> I love it. Incredible. And there was that uh, steal the bacon injury of 1984. Of course. Yes, yes. The the, the famous steal the bacon injury. Of course. Of course. Where we collided heads. (laughs) Had to go to the nervous nervous office. That's right. Uh, That's right. Yeah. I had a little bit of a cliffhanger. You know, know, uh, I believe we talked about how Ticketmaster canceled my tickets. Yeah. And uh, I had to jump through so many friggin' hoops to get them back. Uh, yeah. And we, we, I think we recorded like a week out from me leaving. So yeah. we finished the last episode. I didn't even know if I was getting my tickets back. So um, they had me jumping through all these friggin' hoops. Like uh, Ticketmaster was like, well, send us some ID. Yeah, to prove that you're a person. Like, okay, uh, here's my ID. Hell, here, here's a utility bill. Uh, here's here's everything. Just uh, give me my fucking tickets. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh, this was satisfactory, blah, blah, blah. They tried to run my card at like 6 a.m., while I was sleeping, because I guess, you know, because they're in England, I'm in Philly. Oh, right, right. So I wake up to uh, two attempts for them to, you know, retry my card with the thing from my bank saying, is this 
a legit transaction, which I would have said yes. And the second one would have went through. So I said, look, I emailed him back. I was like, look, please call me. I said, right. Pretty, 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 please call me. So we could do this over the phone, like human beings. You know, I didn't exactly say it like that. Please call me so we can make sure this goes through. So the next couple of days, I'm just like, I'm having trouble sleep. Like my whole, I can't sleep because I'm like, I got to stay up till four in the morning in case right. they try to call again. And so I'm literally sleeping with my phone in my hand on vibrate mode. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'll put my phone in my hand. I'll go to sleep. So if it vibrates, I'll wake up and we'll do this. Right. First night, nothing. So second night, it was, it was like the Wednesday before the show, Wednesday morning before the show, my phone starts vibrating at four in the fucking morning. Ugh. I look at it and I see the, uh, the country code, and all that. And I jump out of bed, I go, I go, England, England, England. <laughs> I jumped out of bed. Paul Jovi. It's Paul Jovi. And England. It's my own. (laughs) It's the the England. It's Um, the the England. Yeah. Shout out to uh, it's the Jovi. Um, So I I run down the hall. I run into the studio where I'm at now. Right. So not to to, uh, disturb Mrs. Meany that much. And I'm like. They're like, hello, uh, it's Ticketmaster. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Human. <laughs> Human being. And uh, they're like, oh, are you busy? Should we call? No, 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 no. No, no, this, this is the right time. And then uh, they're like, we got to run your card. We, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're going to process your card. Went, oh, shit. My card's back in the bedroom. <laughs> so I run down the hall get my uh my wallet and take the card out i go to read off the card i'm like my glasses my glasses (laughs) (laughs) so luckily i got like a spare pair of glasses in the uh the mine and amini studio here and i throw them on i'm just like sorry sorry sorry." so okay i go i read it off and i was like i said before even it ran i was like this is what's going to happen. You're going to run it. My bank's going to flag it for being suspicious. They're going to ask me if it's legit. I'm going to say yes. And then you're going to run it a second time and it's going to clear. Right. Okay. So. Did they say that? They go, oh, right. Because I uh, taste ticket, Massa. Yes. So uh, they run it. Of course, Bing declined because they it looked, it's a, I'm making a huge purchase for uh, something overseas. So I get the text comes through from the, the card company. It, yes, that's me. It says, and it tells you, all right, run it again. Run it again. Ta-da! Fantastic. And they're like, okay, uh, your tickets are good. Uh, since it's so close to the show, you'll have to go to will call. I'm like, that's a okay with me. Fine with me, man. I'm with me, brother. That work that works for me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we go to uh, do that, and then um, I hang up. I go to bed, like relieved. But then, uh, in the back of my head, I've been watching all these like uh, scammer videos, where mm. like 
the guy catches the scammer scamming people and he hacks into the computer. So I was like, what if the, what, what if that wasn't Ticketmaster? And like, I'm thinking, <laughs> what if that was somebody in a call bank calling from somewhere, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, paranoia sets in. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we, uh, you know, get ready. We leave for England that Friday. We had like a, Night flight, which is, if you're going to England, fly like the night before. That way, you leave at 9 p.m. If you're able to fall asleep on the plane, which I am not able to ever fall asleep on the plane. Because I'm usually the fat guy in the middle seat, and I can't get comfortable. Right. But, uh, yeah, go that, in that way, when you wake up, it's morning time in England, and you got the whole day. Yeah. So, or if you can't sleep, you just stay up You know, stay up, stay up through the whole day and then go back to go to sleep, you know, normal UK time, which whatever, you know, midnight, whatever. And then when you wake up, you're on UK time. Right. You know, so yeah, it was like, uh, we go to the airport and we went, we went to the airport pretty early cause I hate fucking rushing around and, you know, I, know having one of those you know um home alone moments where you're running through the airport you know it's yep we got a light. and then um you know we get there we, we uh find a spot uh have some coffee we're sitting there at the gate <laughs> out of nowhere i'm like looking at my phone and uh mrs meany uh goes is that jason worth which was edge <laughs> edge walks by uh me and edge have this like inside joke because uh when there for those who don't watch american baseball there's a player who played for the philadelphia phillies 0809 jason worth who was a spitting image of edge so like yeah you know, the, the the last time the t- time prior well every time we see edge miss me goes I loved you on the Phillies, you know, breaking balls. And he laughs, you know, so she goes, is that Jason worth? I look up. I'm like, I see the tattoos on the arm. Fucking edge. Hold on. (laughs) And I, I I call out and he's in like no cell mode. Right. I get, you get conditioned, not no cell mode, but he's just, yeah. Yeah. So I, I lightly jog and, you know, give him a tap and, uh, Hey, and he realizes it's me and we, you know, you know, hug and just uh, catch up on life to see, uh, see what's going on, you know? And, uh, it was, uh, and we talked for about like 20, 30 minutes and just, uh, it was cool. Yeah. It's cool. Catch up with a, a buddy talking about, uh, I think we died, brought up the one story we talked about on the, the podcast, at least where, uh, we did a show in Detroit together where we all, you know, turned heel in Santa Claus because the show is around Christmas time. We all turn around, beat up Santa Claus and stuff like that. And talked about when Nova switched uh, Edge and Christian's music to uh, Girls in Cars. And they <laughs> went out and did the Strike Force, you know, entrance, which is pretty cool. That's amazing. But uh, yeah, Edge looks fucking great. Yep. He uh, seems as happy as ever. Yep. He seems like really happy i'm really happy for him you know he's doing good and uh you know that was i mean we had a 
quick little conversation. Here's where I feel like a dick, right? So, um, well, let me ask you this before you tell me why you feel like a dick. Was sure. he going to? He was going to clash at the castle. Yeah, I imagine. Well, yeah, here's the part where I feel like a dick. Oh, because, okay, ties together. Here we go. Yeah, because I know he's a huge Foo Fighters fan, and me, me and him both love the Foo Fighters. We both love Pearl Jam, and for whatever reason, I went to a there's one Pearl Jam tour here in Philly, I went and Dreamer and Edge were at the concert and we ran into each other. So I thought this was like another thing where I was running into Edge and I thought we were both going to the Foo Fighters in oh. England. I was like, oh man, you got good seats? He went, oh, I'm not going to, the, I went, oh man, oh dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that you're actually going to wrestle on a really cool show in England. Right, right. Sorry you're going to get a, a big paycheck. Yeah. Dude, like I was in such Foo Fighters mode between having tickets, losing my tickets, getting my tickets back that Wednesday before we left. Yeah. I'm in Foo Fighter world, right? So I don't blame you, man. I would have been the same way. I was like, I, I sent him, a, I, I was like, so uh, you got good seats for the concert? He's like, oh, I'm not going to the Foo I was like, oh, no. I'm stupid. I said to him, oh, I'm stupid. I am <laughs> He's like, no, 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 man, you're, you're all right. I was like, dude, I feel like a dick right now. Just, oh, man. that's funny. <laughs> you want me to get a shirt or something? You wait. <laughs> yeah. Did you pick him up? Did you pick him up a shirt? Nah, nah. He, he's, he said, nah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So, um, you know, we said our goodbyes, and then I went back to the gate, my gate. I was like, I, my wife's probably looking for me. Let me get back. Uh, he and he continued on the way, and then <laughs> we catch him on the way back. Because I guess he went to the wrong. The, the, that terminal, the the gates were numbered weird. Yeah, it's like usually four is across from five, but four was across from like eleven or something like that. Whatever gate, whatever section we were in. This is real. He's walking back. I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Ah, oh, I went to the wrong gate." I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> so we we talk, called to talk, you know, because Mrs. Meany, they get a chance. And so we all caught up and talked for a little bit and then uh he went his way and we were on our way to uh jolly old england um you know which you know it, it's uh we were flying uh london i mean flying philly to dublin dublin to london uh we got in at uh like kind of ireland around like 9 a.m wow and uh, I love Ireland. I love Dublin, even though it's just, it's just been a layover. But God damn, if you ever want to get your steps in, when you're fit, <laughs> like, book a flight in fucking Dublin. Because walking from your plane to get into the terminal, just walking up the, the jetway, wherever their version of a jetway is. Yeah. And then trying to get to a terminal. It's like, holy shit. I'm sweating. I'm walking. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, how far is this? And then you get, then you got walking like, it's like you walk four miles just to get the fucking, because when you go to England through Dublin, it's immigrations in Ireland. So you, you, you knock out that step while you're in Ireland. So we went right. through immigration. And then it's another fucking mile to walk to the fucking gate. I was like, holy shit. 
I'm halfway, I was like, man, I should have probably brought some breadcrumbs or, you know, just <laughs> fucking on. So we fucking uh, settle down. We get, get something to eat, have a little bit of breakfast yep. in Dublin. And then it's a matter of waiting for our, our gate and figure out where our gate is because they don't tell you. Like right away, they're like, we'll tell you your gate at 11 o'clock. Like, All right. Uh, so there's, a, there's another set of fucking anxiety for me. For sure. And so uh, we get on our flight, land in London, and uh, <clears throat> going on this trip, we were fucking, I was fucking stressed out because we love to travel in London on, you know, the underground, the tube system right. version of the subway. And they had been striking. Like, like they're, they've been going on strike on weekends over, you know, wages and stuff like that they want a higher wage and they figured they're fucking making a point by doing it on the weekend when people are usually off right so we're like we were following that fucking piece of news like before we left so we left and we got there and the trains weren't on strike so we're like Whew. right because i didn't know if i had the cabin around you know we gotta go to wembley you know where we were staying in london it was just too Rain, I mean, train stops from where we're staying. So you get on the train and stop one, stop two, and then you're at Wembley, right? So right. We get in uh, Friday. Everything's fine. We take the train from uh, London Heathrow to where uh, we had to get off at like Hyde Park Corner, which is fucking beautiful. Like Hyde right. Park's gorgeous. Like it, they hold they've had like outdoor concerts there and everything and stuff like that. So we got off the, you know, the train is like a mile and a half from where we were staying. So I was like, fuck it. Let's just walk it. It's fucking Hyde park. Let's walk through Hyde park. Right. Right. And you're walking through fucking Hyde park and there's like fucking parakeets and ravens and crow. Or I guess they're, I I'm, I'm shitty with birds. I don't know. <laughs> could, have been, could have been a raven, could have been a crow. I don't know. It looked cool. And we're just walking and walking. And then, like, I, Mrs. Meany nudges me. I turn around. There's a, I'm like, I'm not even into London for an hour. And there's a guy standing there with an Allen Iverson Sixers jersey on. No oh, shit. And I snapped the photo, like, when he wasn't looking, which I forgot to post. But I was, like, an hour into my my trip into England. And That's amazing. There's something for Philly. Incredible. Know? Get to our hotel. Uh, check in. The hotel's awesome. Um, it's like a sweets type thing. And, uh, they have like a, a lounge and at five o'clock they serve cheese and wine, wine and cheese and all this stuff. So we get in, uh, settle in, take a couple post flight showers just to clean up. Yeah. And then we go out and, uh, you know, have some dinner. It's a place, uh, really cool chain out there called honest burger. Uh, and like had some dinner, went back to the hotel. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure I'm going to go to sleep. So we went to the, uh, lounge and just pound, you know, had some ciders. You know, when I'm in, I don't, I don't usually drink ciders, right. but like when I'm in England, I'm like, you have your cider drink, right? Like, uh, Chumbawamba said. Um, so we, I was just pounding, I, I had a couple of ciders told us, you know, time to go Betty by, went to sleep. Woke up next morning. And it's 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 game time. It's fucking Foo Fighter time. Yep, the day is here, right? And I, 
still on an easy. I was like, I still don't have tickets. Right. You know, they, I gave a stranger my, my information over the phone and he said, go to will call. We're going to play Foo Fighter, Foo Fighter bingo right hey, now. Hey man, uh, that's the way to do it. So <laughs> we get up, we go, uh, the cool thing is our, uh, the train stop we had, we had to go to was Baker street, which. Oh yeah. Not only, not only is it an amazing song by Jerry Rafferty and the Foo Fighters did a cover of it, but it's the home of Sherlock Holmes. You know, the, that's two, two, one B Baker street, which was never really a real address, but somebody bought the property of two, two, one and made it two, two, one B like somebody made it, you know, into existence. So we're walking down Baker street. We passed the, um, Sherlock Holmes museum. They have a museum there. There's a, also a Beatles store there, which is kind of cool. Hop on the train, uh, Baker street, stop one, stop two, you get off and you get out and there's Wembley stadium right at the top of the thing. Like crazy. Kind of like, you know, when you're standing on the, the parkway and you see, you know, uh, the art museum, you right. Know, that little, it's just like a little, Callway, you know, like like a little walkway, but there's like all these cool shops and stuff like that. I was like, "Well, we're here. Let's let's go see if we have tickets." So uh, we get off the train, we're walking, and uh, go over to Wembley, and uh, we got we made perfect timing. They're like, you know, box over box office opens at eleven thirty. So go up the steps, get pointed in the right direction, get wait in line, got my ID. I got the uh, reservation number. I got all the receipts and stuff like that. that I got to present. You know, wait my line. I feel like, you know, Ralphie and a Christmas story waiting to meet Santa. <laughs> I like the 10, man. I was just going to say that. You beat me to it, man. I like the lesson <laughs> a lot. I like the 10, man. <laughs> and you're just looking like, yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> Don't talk to me. I'm going to have my fucking tickets. Yep, you know? yep. Some people are like, don't talk to me until I have my coffee. Don't talk to me until I get my fucking Foo Fighter tickets. <clears throat> so, moment of truth. Go up to the window. Present my ID. Here's my uh, order number. Ta-da! If she didn't, she didn't give me a, a nice big envelope with two big fucking hard copy Man, tickets. dude. Now, like, for all the drama we went through to get these fucking tickets... It was worth going to that will call window and getting actual physical hard copy tickets. Yeah. Yeah, they for sure. They don't sell hard copy tickets anymore, really. When you think about it, everything's no. an app or you got to print something out and bring a, a print out and stuff like that. So I have two hard copy tickets from Wembley Stadium for the Foo Fighters that have like these little um, holograms on them, you know, to prove that they're legit and stuff. So wow. it's like, fuck. Yeah. It's like high dose. Seriously. Uh, yeah. yeah. Seriously. So she tucks them away. I was like, well, well, we got some time to kill. So we went to, uh, the cool thing is they had all these, like, even if you weren't going to the concert, mm. they had like merchandise kiosks throughout the fucking causeway, the walkway. So we, we stood in line in the merchandise line and, uh, I got this Taylor Hawkins shirt that I'm wearing that That's I got. Sick, I, dude. Sick. Yeah. Sick. I, got, I needed this one. Uh, they had a bunch of cool stuff. My only gripe <clears throat> is that um, 
not really a great, but wish is like the back of the shirt says London and LA. Oh, right. Wish you would have just got like one that was London, right? Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, just, you know, I I put it in the miles. I put the money in the miles. Let me get a London shirt. Right. Right. So, uh, I got a shirt. Mrs. Meany got a shirt and we got like two posters. One's like a limited edition art print. And one is, (laughs) Mrs. Meany is like, they're selling posters of the, the, the meme that they used to advertise the show is like <laughs> square poster with the photo. It's the, basically what they use on all their social media. But I was like, I don't give a fuck. It was like yeah. 10 bucks. Yeah, all yeah. right. <clears throat> so, uh, we decided, you know, we're, we're going to get frames for those and put the hard copy tickets in there. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Be a nice little thing. And then, um, uh, dude, it was such a great atmosphere that day. I believe just it. Fucking, um, just like we were just standing around and people just, Strike up conversation. Hey, they, they would hear our American accents. Hey, where, where are you from? You from know? Philly, what the fuck you want? <laughs> what are you a fucking cop? What are you a fucking idiot asking me all these questions? What are you, <laughs> what are you a fucking, what are you a Bobby over here? <laughs> what are you, Tom Brokaw? 60 minutes, what the fuck you want? <laughs> go, keep, go, go. <laughs> go get your fucking shine box, Tommy. <laughs> Shouldn't you be catching Jack the Ripper, motherfucker? <laughs> I think that motherfucker's still on the loose. <laughs> I think he's over there on Baker Street right now. You should go take a look, you fucking noodle head. Get your so thumb good. out my ass and go catch him. Uh, <laughs> I love it, dude. Sorry, let me decide bar there. I just love that shit. Love it, dude. No, no. and sorry if I'm a little long-winded here. It's hey, just, no, I, man. Hey, this is the so mind of the meaning, and it's a great story. No, so many people are like, so what's the ticket situation? I was like, you're going to have to listen to the show because I'm not typing all this shit out. Right, right. Oh, Vanessa just hit us with a yo, cuz. Yo, cuz. <laughs> yo, cuz. Yeah. Yo, bo. Cream um, and sugars, dude. Yeah. I'm going to go bow hunting. I'm going to stand on Oregon and Snyder and Oregon and Broad and go, yo, cuz, yo, bo, yo, cuz, yo, bo. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, we get our merch. We go get some coffee. Uh, and which probably was a bad decision because I immediately had to take a dump. Oh, like, man. Brother. Nothing worse than the fucking airport dump, dude. Nothing worse. No, no, well, airport. I could handle an airport dump, but this is like. Oh, you're at Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium porta potty dump. And uh, <laughs> you actually took a shit in a porta potty outside of Wembley Stadium? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's literally yeah. like taking your life into your own hands, man. No, that. I mean, it's England. They're fucking clean. Oh, so was, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like a, a typical fucking honeypot where it just drops into a thing of water. Right. Like, I ran in and sat down. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my God. It's the shits. I can't remember what regular air smells like. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm done. I, I turn around to admire my work. I'm like, oh man, there's no water. Oh, it's just fucking poop. It's just sitting sitting there like a Yule log, just fucking in the bedpan. It's just there. It's presented. Yeah, it's just like a Hershey's kiss sitting there. God. I was like, and there's like a lever. You're like, dude, I could like, does this flush? And I'm like, it's like a Atari joystick. You're like, (laughs) All right, so 
I'm like, all right, I got to be casual about this. Right, right. I mean, it's a porta potty. I didn't take a dump on somebody's lawn. Sure. You now so, I know. Yeah. So I like look out and nobody's looking. I, I look and I just like figure out the perfect timing to just to hop out and get a far away from that fucking porta potty. You're a smart man. And then Mrs. Meany had to, you know, use the facility. They're like, don't go in that one. <laughs> I'm saving your life right now. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I, I've seen, yeah. I've seen people on planes go to go to go in the bathroom after somebody and Al Snow grab them going, don't, don't go in that uh-uh. one. Not that Al Snow did the damage, but whoever did the damage. Somebody. You, can, you, you just know, man. I did that. I was just in Vegas, man, and I fucking, I was in the, I took American Airlines, and I was waiting for one of the bathrooms, and the guy was in there for a while. I was like, this is just not going to end well. As soon as he opened the door, man, you could tell just that shameful look on his face. Like, you know, like not looking at anybody, no eye contact, and just caught the fucking, like, oh, my God. Come yeah. on, man. We're in a fucking airplane, dude. It's, it's, it's going to go through somebody's roof in Omaha. You know, just, <laughs> just watching people next to you, just like, oh, God, what the fuck is that smell? Yeah. You always want to piss oh, with the door open because you don't want people to think that you were the one who fucking took a shit. You know, you don't want anybody to be like, oh, no, it was this guy. This fucking guy right here just took the dump in the bathroom. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. Anybody got a tongue scraper? (laughs) What the fuck? Jesus Christ, it's stuck in my nose. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, we go in. You know what? It's just like you're you're, you're like, oh, man, it's an outdoor show. I hope it doesn't rain. And what we're waiting in line to get in. And it started to rain. I was like, uh, like it started to get windy, rain, rain for like five minutes, and that was it. Nice, nice. And you know, we we go in, we go to our seats. Like, fuck, this is awesome. Take a selfie, which you know I posted. Yep. And you just wait. And uh, they had like a before the concert, like forty five minutes before the concert, they had a DJ come out. Um, well, he's a DJ and a producer, Mark Ronson, and he he spun some records of. Uh, Taylor Hawkins' favorite songs. Oh, it's awesome. So a bunch of cool stuff. And I was like, man, he hasn't played any Van Halen, not knowing that, you know, uh, a little bit later, Wolfgang Van Halen was going to come out and melt my fucking brain in my heart. Crazy. Well, here's the thing with Wolfgang. It's just like, um, he, uh, you know, he's got his band now, Mammoth WVH. And people are like, you're going to do some Van Halen songs? He's like, no. Right. I'm going to establish my own band, my own songs. So you would think, you know, I'm already smart. Enough. I'm, I'm conditioned to the fact that Wolfgang Van Halen is never going to play his father's music. And I'm right. fine with that. Yeah. Cause I love, I love his music. Right. So, uh, you know, Dave's talking, he's like, we have a, a real life. Well, he says Taylor Hawkins favorite one of Taylor Hawkins favorite bands was Van Halen. And we're fortunate today to have a real Van Halen with us, Mr. Wolfgang Van Halen. He comes out with a guitar and they just start playing fucking Van Halen's On Fire from Van Halen 1. And I wish there was a camera on me. Wow. Like, Strew my arms out like I was going to reach for the, the stage. I said, what? Just Holy fucking, shit, man. Fucking grab the top of my head. Like, you know, any thing you watch from a fan just being fucking on like you know, holy any shit like, holy shit and i was like oh okay you know and then like they go into hot for teacher i'm just and i just lost my fucking mind crazy I was dude like, 
I, I, I whipped out my camera, took, snapped a couple photos real quick and just went back to enjoying the show. Like I would, I don't want to be a guy that was going to enjoy the concert through the uh, phone lens, but right. Right. I hate when like I go to something and then I go and watch either like a recording of what I went to or a bootleg and my own personal memories go away. Yep. And, my my new memories are what I watch on TV and not the ones I had in real life. Right. So right. every now and then I would snap a photo, take a quick video, just for my own remembering what yeah of what I. But like you know that fucking blew my mind. Uh, Crazy. For that, had Nile Rogers come out, which Nile Rogers, legendary producer, but also a member of the band Chic. Yep. Who uh, you know did all the great you know, dance music in the seventies. So there's so many bucket list things that, that happened. Now Rogers, you know, played guitar, Omar Akeem, which who was David Bowie's drummer. They came out and they did two uh, Bowie songs with Josh Homme from uh, Queens of the Stone Age. And then um, the singer from Supergrass, who uh, I am blanking on right now, but it was my first time hearing him sing. And I was like, this fucking guy's great. Yeah. And then like come out later with Supergrass, do three songs, which were fucking great. And then he came out later with queen or no, I'm sorry. Uh, when, um, Stuart Copeland from the police came out, they did a couple, uh, police songs and he sang, uh, everything she does is mad. Every little thing she does is magic. It's fucking, fucking Nuts, amazing. Dude. Nuts. But, uh, the, the concert was amazing. Um, Six hours. Yeah. Six hours. And it, it didn't phase me one bit. Like I didn't leave my seat to, you know, go do anything. Like Mrs. Meany went and, you know, uh, went back and forth a couple of times, you know, she grabbed us something to eat. She was a trooper. Uh, but like, I didn't have to, I didn't leave my seat at all. And I was sitting there when we bought these posters, we rolled them up and we you know, protect them. Like they're our fucking children. Yeah. But, um, no, I believe that. But uh, yeah, it was it's a fucking amazing experience. Uh, seeing Queen, seeing uh, fucking Paul McCartney came out. I was just gonna say I didn't realize Paul was that was gonna be there. He wasn't advertised. Really? So, yeah, it's just like, yeah, we we got this. You know, our next guest uh, didn't think he was gonna come, but here he is, Mr. Paul McCartney. And it's like what? So that was fucking awesome. Crazy. So, yeah. Oh my God. Fucking John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin played fucking, uh, wow. Dave, Dave Grohl pretty much played a little bit with everybody. He played bass on some songs. He played drums on some songs. Uh, he got up with rush. They did, they did, he did a song with rush. Then uh, Omar Keem came out and did some songs with rush. Uh, fucking. And then the, 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 the thing that everybody's been talking about, you know, the, Eventually, it becomes the Foo Fighters set, you know. Uh, the Foo Fighters open up the show with uh, Liam Gallagher from Oasis. They did two o Oasis songs, which is really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Did Dave got on drums, and it was basically Foo Fighters. Liam Gallagher did two Oasis songs. Fantastic. But then, you know, the Foo Fighters come back out, and they do a Foo Fighter set. And that's when you realize you're in the, in, you're in the go-home section of the concert, where it's yeah. just like, all right, Shit's about to get emotional. Yep. I mean, it was emotional already throughout the day. Just, you know, Wolf, you know, Van Halen never had a memorial show for Eddie. Van Halen, but for Eddie. And, uh, you know, Wolfie kind of, 
you know, said it in some cryptic tone tones that, you know, basically David, David Lee Roth kind of fucked that all up. Yeah. He's like, there's one person. That's the reason why. So when he came out and did those two, two Van Halen songs, it was kind of like a tribute to Taylor and a tribute to his father. Right. Right. Which I got it right away. I was like, Oh, yep. And it's the right, it's the right thing to do too. It's the right thing to do. So when Wolfgang's walking off stage, you see Taylor Hawkins' son, uh, Shane, run up and hug him. I mean, two rock star kids who lost their fathers, you know? So you know, later on in the, in the fucking Go Home segment, you know, the Foo Fighters start doing Foo Fighter songs. You know, and, uh, you know, Dave, so they start doing uh, times like these. It's like, oh. You know, you know, the lyric is times like these, you learn to live again. Times like these, you, t- you know, learn to love again. And there's one point where Dave Grohl almost just broke down and started crying. Because mm. there's this new version they do with the keyboards. And it's just like a like a keyboard melody underneath it. And he does the, I, and he does the, the section of the song. And he did, there was the line about being left behind. So, and you just see him just like go to sing the next thing and he just it's a lump in a throat type moment yeah and he's on the big you can see it on the big screen so everybody in the audience felt it everybody in the audience started cheering and clapping like you got this you got this we believe in you Dave you yeah. can do this like cheering them on and then he did the next line and that's when they went into the fast part of the song but I was like Whew. yeah Oh man, fucking everybody in the stadium felt that there was like an energy that just went through the stadium. And then, um, they did, uh, they had a bunch of guest, uh, drummers come in. Uh, there's a girl, Nandy, who, uh, most famously, uh, challenged Dave Grohl. She's 12 years old. Oh, I remember she, that. The, the, the drum, she's the drummer, right? Yeah. Yeah. She challenged Dave Grohl to a drum off and she's amazing. Uh, if you ever get a chance to look up those videos, look at that. She came out. Um, Josh Freeze came out. Who? Uh, Josh Freeze. I think he. I believe he played for Nine Inch Nails, mm. and he was in uh, Axl Rose's other version of Guns N' Roses. But amazing drummer. Uh, and then fucking Travis Barker from Blink One Eight Two came out and did uh, a bunch of songs. And dude, watching him play live, Crazy, he's on radio. Right? Yeah, he's uh, he's like. In a whole different space, that guy. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy good. Fucking, it's, what? So he played like a couple songs and then, um, and then they played a song that, um, you know, uh, t- they played Taylor's favorite Foo Fighter song, which I hadn't heard live in ages called Aurora. Mm. And uh, if you listen to that song, like Taylor's drum beat on that song, you're like, man, that's, that's the drums and the bass. You're like, man, that's, that's a, that sounds like the police. You know, it sounds like he's doing, you know, it's, it's like a Stuart Copeland sting baseline drum beat. I'm like, man, I heard that. I was like, oh, of course. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, it's Taylor's favorite song, Foo Fighters song all the time. They played that. And then, uh, it got around the time where, you know, uh, Dave goes, you know, uh, Remember here, our next drummer, member of the family, a man who should, person who should be here, 
Mr. Shane Hawkins, which is Taylor Hawkins' son. Crazy. And he comes out and they play uh, My Hero, which was amazing. That's the song. Fucking, that's the song he wrote about Kurt Cobain too, right? No, that's uh, that's a misnomer. I think. Oh, really? Isn't that interesting? And there's a couple songs where they they're like, "This is about." When Foo Fighters first came out, there was there's that song, uh, "I'll Stick Around." Right. Everybody's like, "Is that song about Kurt?" You know. So anytime we write a song, is that song about Kurt? You know. So I could be wrong about my hero. I'm looking it up right now. Please do. Because I don't want to be wrong either. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be wrong on this one. But uh, you know, the main lyric to the song is "There goes my hero." He's he's ordinary. Oh you know, yeah. So the song is dedicated to ordinary everyday heroes, as he himself never had musical or sports heroes growing up as a child. Okay, so I retract my previous statement. Yes, yes. Uh, but you know, there there there's a viral video that went around of uh, Shane Hawkins playing that at like a. Somewhere with his, he has a band. So when he came up, we we're like, "Oh my god, he's gonna play my hero!" Yeah. And the drums just filled the fucking stadium. And uh, I, I tried to, I tried to watch the best with my own eyes. You know, I tried to watch the stage as much as I can. Yeah, it's easy to get caught up in watching the screen. Yeah. It's like I spent all this money to sit, sit in the stadium, and watch the screen. I try to watch as much as I can with my own eyes, and. Uh, Fucking fantastic. And there's there, there one moment where uh, they give him a little drum fill to do. Yeah, like it seemed, it seemed like every drummer came up. They had a little thing where the drummer could, you know, just do a little drum fill as a, you know, tribute. And then, yeah. you know, hit the cymbals, you know, take the song out. But, uh, you know, and just watching the interaction with Dave and uh, Shane. Fucking amazing. Dave Grohl looked like a proud uncle. You yeah, know, just up, and then the uh, the concert was over, and uh, it was just very emotional. You know, the last thing you see is you know a big black and white photo of uh, Taylor on the screen, and it's just like, man, we did it. We we came to England, we saw an amazing show, and we uh, we got to do it. You know, after all the things of not knowing if we we're going to London for a show that we booked, we're hoping to get tickets for, and yeah, all stuff. Next day was, you know, basically just a walk around day. We walked almost like 10 miles. We walked wow. from like London to this place called Camden Town through Regent's Park. Beautiful stuff, beautiful time. And then, uh, you know, came back home yep. the next day. You know, Camden Town's awesome. Camden Town is where I wish South Street was. It's like, it's like 1980 South Street, but in present day UK. Right. There's like punk rockers with the fucking mohawks, and then there's every store looks like their version of Zipperhead. Which, uh, if you look, if you've ever been to South Street, there's this building store that used to be called Zipperhead, and the side of the building has a a huge zipper, and it's open up to somebody's brain, and all these ants are crawling out. Wow! There's like a million buildings like that with this art on the side of the building. It's kind of it's really cool. Like so, if you ever get to go to London. You know, plan to walk over to Regent's Park and through Regent's Park to Camden Town and experience that bunch of cool shops, cool places to eat. And then we walked home. Again, we walked off. We took like a shower and we we're like, you know what? Let's take a shower and go get some dinner. We went and had some dinner and then um, got ready and came home. 
and uh, the, the ride home was a little dramatic free, but you know, as uh, I'm, I'm like a couple of days out and I'm still feeling the time change. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, like I said, you went six hours one way and you went six hours into the future. I went yeah. six hours or three hours in the past and yeah. I'm fucking dude. I'm beat up today, man. I, I want to say though, too, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that everything worked out because I wasn't sure if it was going to work out. I wasn't sure what was going to happen and yeah. it worked out and it was everything I was really hoping it would be for you. It sounded like it was an incredible show. I didn't get a chance to check it out, but when I saw that Paul was there, I freaking lost my shit. I was like, oh my God, that sounds incredible. Um, not, not only did Paul come out, he played a Beatles song they never did live. Which one did he play? Tell me again. Oh, darling. He, it was what? A it was a duet with Chrissy Hind. Oh, my who, God. Chrissy Hind, who is 70 and still looks like she's in her 20s. Wow. Fucking amazing. Wow. They did Oh, Darling live. Oh, darling. Oh, my God, man. Here's a song, here's a, he said, here's a song we've never, I never done, I never performed live. Wow. And he did it. And he did that, and he did, he did Helter Skelter. Wow. Sick, dude. That is fucking sick. Now I got to go back and watch it. Yeah. It's just, Fuck, uh, man. That's good shit. Yeah. I, I, um, dude, it's like you experience something like that. It, it doesn't matter how much I paid. It just is all worth it. Yeah. Once absolutely. A, once in a lifetime. Absolutely, huh? man. Now they, they, they have another one coming up in LA. Right. I don't know how they're fucked. They're going to top it. But. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be nuts, man. I don't know how you could top yeah. Paul McCartney, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't even think they're. This one was televised on uh, Paramount Plus and they streamed on YouTube, which I think they took the YouTube stream down. Yeah. But uh, I got a copy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got friends. <laughs> I know uh, some people. I know some people. Um, But yeah, it, it, good luck, LA, with that. Man, that's incredible, dude. What did you go to Vegas for? I had to go for work. I had to go out there for work this uh, this past week. Um, it was a work summit for my shoot job. Uh, I had zero time to be like down. There was always something to do. Um, nice. I mean, it was it was it was exhausting. I guess is the best way to put it. It was exhausting, and it was a beautiful. I stayed at the, stayed at the Win uh, at Encore Win Encore, whatever it is, right there on the Strip. It was a beautiful room. Like I was like, this is way too nice of a room for me. Um, and it was uh, it was a nice trip. Um, we ate a lot of good food and uh, had a lot of meetings and shit for most of the time. But it was cool, man. It was uh, overall, it was fun. Um, not so great moments. Not you know, I don't drink anymore, so I I wasn't fucked up out there, which is nice. Um, but you know, just being three hours and then going from like seven forty five until like twelve thirty at night and having to get up the next day and do it the same way, it was like, oh my god, get me out of here, you know. Um, <laughs> just it's it's exhausting, man. My my body was. I came home. I flew home yesterday and. You know, like I said, I missed a whole fucking meal yesterday because I left there. My flight took off at 9.52. I landed in Philly time at like 5.45. So I ate breakfast. I ate a nice like full breakfast, but still it was like, I'm starving. You know, so like I immediately get off the plane. My work is across the street from Wawa right down there on Market Street in Philly. It's a freaking brand in a Wawa. I'm like, give me meat. Give me every meatball you have. And, uh, yeah. you know, got, got an energy drink so I could fucking drive home and, um, uh, yeah, dude, it was nice. It was uh, it was cool. It was nice to uh, to get out there. I enjoy the West Coast a lot, um, but boy, am I feeling it today. 
So that's why you that's why you're getting this uh this image of the man you see here right now. But if you want to see the image of the man that you get right now and hear me talk all raspy and see the beautiful uh, blue meanie, you can sign up right now at patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Join us every week when we record this show and join the pod squad. Shout out to the pod squad as well. Um, we are excited to be here with you always, and I am stoked that it turned out so well. If you want to check out the show, the Taylor Hawkins tribute show from London, England, you can go to Paramount Plus, sign up yeah. today, get yourself a membership. Even if it's just for that, it's worth it for sure. Oh, yeah, um, but uh, but Meanie, I want to ask you a uh, quick question. Yes, I know the people want to know. The people want to know the answer to this question. Are you ready to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget, tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meanie on Instagram, at Mind of the Meanie on Twitter, using the hashtag Ask Meanie, and you may hear them read. On the show, meaning we're going to rip the Band-Aid right off here <laughs> with a question from Mark and Dryden. Okay, man, the obvious question. Is the whole AEW media scrum incident a work or a shoot, brother? Oh, it's, it's funny. <laughs> There's his answer. We'll see you next week on Mind of the... I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Uh, it's what's funny is why all that was happening while I was, you know, flying home from England. So fly London to Dublin. I'm looking at my phone. People were like, man, a media scrum. I went, what, what? Oh yeah. There was an AEW show. Cause I'm, I was six hours ahead. Right. That paper was starting when I was going to bed. So, um, holy shit. I woke up and like, everybody's going nuts, you know? I'm trying to have you heard the, you've heard the clip, but you've heard what what CM Punk has said and all like that. Yeah, I've heard since then. Yeah, but like there's like dribs and drabs and this and that leaking out and like why on my feed. Right. Right. And uh, I'm like, I, like oh, what the fuck? So get back to the States, get back on, you know, U.S. time. And I, I actually sit and watch it. It's like, holy shit. You know, uh. I can see where people would think it's a work, but I say this, I'm going to say this now and I say it all the time. If something is a work, what is the benefit and who benefits now, you know, with the whole MJF thing, people are like, Oh, is that a shoot? Is that a work? I was like, no, that's a work because TV time is so valuable. You don't let somebody go out on your own TV and, call you a, you know, a, a fucking mark rip on, you to shreds, on, right? On viable TV time that you could possibly give into somebody else to, you know, help somebody else get some uh, exposure, you know? So that, you know, the MGF thing was, you know, total work, which is ironic because he comes back at all out. And now that the fact that he's back got totally buried by this media scrum thing, right? Uh, so many things, you know, just got, you know, thrown to the wayside because of the media scrum. A golden opportunity to capitalize on, I got to jump in here, a golden opportunity for them to capitalize on one of the biggest wrestling angles or wrestling stories probably in the past decade. Right. And Punk went into business for himself. Well, I I don't know if he went into business for himself. 
Yeah, but, let me uh, let me yeah, let's 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 pull the fucking onion apart here and and really really talk about it. Well, here here's my perspective on it. You know, um I I think they get they got to do away with these media scrums. Yes. Uh I mean, you're you're taking somebody straight from the ring right to a press conference, highly emotional, highly probably exhausted yeah i mean you're the main event of the show so you you sit through a whole show just to go main event the show and then you don't have a chance to go back to your locker room and decompress and come down from everything you just did in a ring you go right to this press conference you know still in a in a in a fucking fight mode Basically, you're in fight mode the whole time you're in the ring, post-ring. You got to give the man a chance to go back to the room and just go, (sighs) let me just relax. Dude, he he still had his fucking wrist tape on. He still had blood on his I was just going to say, he still had a cut on the top of his head. And then the reports would come out, he he had a torn tricep. Which is just like... So... Okay, I know you. Hey, I know you're bleeding. Hey, I know you got a torn tricep. Uh, let's go do this media scrum. You're going. You're, you'll be the first guy. You know, at least have him be the like the last guy. Right. You know. Right. Let him go get. Let him go take a fucking shower, and then come back and be maybe more level headed than he would be if he had gone right from the ring to this fucking media scrum. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the the the, the preamble to all this is you know there was you know, whispers and rumors that, you know, and we had to, we had addressed this before, you know, how, this, how sad I am that, you know, CM Punk and Coca Cabana are no longer friends. Right. Right. So maybe two or three episodes back or something like that. I talk about, you know, my history with Punk and Cabana and why I love Punk and Cabana and why it bothers me that they're no longer friends. So, um, you know, before, you know, in the weeks or so leading up to this all out event, you know, you know, people are leaking out. Oh, well, you know, CM Punk had Coca Band fired, you know, uh, and, you know, and that's why it's relocated to Ring of Honor. You know, th- all these rumors, I'm, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're true or not. You know, I'm not in the company, but you start hearing it and you start believing it. And then, you know, you got fans chanting for Coca Band during, CM Punk interviews when he's in the ring trying to do business, Pamper Chan Colcabana at him. Yeah, like what's the sense in that? Yeah, you know, and I in in Punk's mind, he's moved on. Right, right. He's already done. Like, what? Why are we still on this? Why are we still on the Colcabana shit? How many people still bring up JBL to me? That's what I'm saying. It's the same idea. That's what I was going to say. I'm so glad you said that because it's the same fucking idea. How many times can Blue Meanie hear about something that happened 15 years ago? And how many times, or maybe longer than that, but how, and, and, and some, and the situation that's clearly been settled, it costs nothing. Google is your friend, bro. Like right. Google is your friend. Look that shit up. It's the same thing yeah. with Cole Cabana. Like how many times, and again, I have, I have feelings about this too, which I'll share because I know it's not mine of the Adam, but I, I do have feelings on this. Right. Um, it's the same thing with Cole Cabana. It's already done. The lawsuit's already over. Why are you guys continuing? And this is where I blame the elite. This is where I blame these fucking guys. These executive, quote unquote, executive vice presidents. The fuck are you doing leaking this shit to the, pl- to the press? 
This is your biggest fucking star. Like, I'm sorry. I got really hot about this. Like, this is your mm. biggest star. Arguably the biggest moneymaker in your company. In your company. The company that you started. And you're going to out him like that? You're going to fuck with him like that in public? And on, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It makes absolutely no sense to me. You guys are executive vice presidents of a, of a, 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 or a domestic wrestling program. Number two in the country. And you're fucking shitting all over your top guy, your champion. It doesn't guy, make any sense to me. The guy who swore off wrestling forever. And uh, he didn't even go like to, back to New Japan or anything. He was just done with wrestling. He comes out of retirement for AEW because he believes in AEW. And, you know, look, it, it's just mind-boggling. Uh, just... Like I said, you know, me and JBL made up, 50, you know, in 2005, and people still bring it up to me. So imagine you had this issue with a guy who was your friend, and you're trying to just move on. Right. And and people keep bringing it up. So I can understand the frustration. So now people are like, oh, this was planned. Well, I think the fact that it could have been planned, but the fact that, like, Punk was just probably, and I'm just assuming here. Right. Punk was just fed up with everything that was happening. You know, people still bringing up this issue that, in his mind, was dead. You know what? All these people who are leaking it, I'm going to see them in a, in about a week at the AEW press. This a you know this press scrum, and I'm going to you know give them a piece of my mind. And yeah. it's just it just could have been the fact that you know. I mean, imagine, imagine somebody's trolling you on the internet and you run into them in fucking public. Right. That's, it's the same concept. Right. I had a similar thing. Uh, a little sidebar. It's going to sound like mega nerd shit, but I was a part of this thing called the Van Halen mailing list. Right. It's like, uh, the internet community or whatever. And there was this one guy on there. He just talks so much shit. Like he, and he, he like would just say, you know, shit to people. And, you know, I knew what he fucking looked like. And then one night I go to a Van Halen show in like Scranton, Pennsylvania. And this and fucking see, guy's there. I see, I see the guy I go, Hey, you, Hey, this is, this is Brian. Blue meanie. How you doing? And he just fucking pussied the fuck back down. He's just he like, did. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. He didn't have a fucking wise word to fucking say to me. So of course not. I could see Punk going, Oh, you want to leak story? I wait till we get to this fucking press scrum. You know, that's why he called certain people out by name. Well, right. I mean, let me be clear. Yeah. Everybody is wrong in this situation. Cause I have feelings right. about what Punk right. did, and I have big feelings about what Omega and the Bucks did. Everybody, and even stuff that Tony did. I ha everybody is wrong here. From a, from a, a perspective, uh, you know, again, in my shoot job, I work in the corporate world. So looking at this from a corporate lens, everybody's wrong here. Right. But I can also understand the more I reflect on it, why Punk was as angry as he was. Right. Cornette said it too. Here's a guy who doesn't take shit from anybody. And goes out into public and is like, fuck you. Stick it up your ass. But I, I, 
I think Punk definitely planned it, though, because he purposefully went after Nick Hausman. Right. So I think no one brought it up. No one said anything about Colt Cabana. Nobody said anything about any of that stuff. Nick Hausman was the one who said Scott Colton. But I think he knew what was happening. Like, he kind of had an idea, right? Right. And I think it's also about the, you know, he has issues with the wrestling media and, you know, the international wrestling community that we love and adore so much. Um, I don't know, man. Like, for me... Go ahead. It's a weird situation. It's a weird situation where you would say, why don't you handle this backstage amongst the people, right? Right. And in Punk's situation, he could have done that. And he, you know, maybe he should have done that. You squash your beef behind the scenes, but still that, that word, that rumor is still out there. That doesn't die. Right. That doesn't. It's on your head forever. Yeah. That, you're hanging this thing on CM Punk forever for, and if he doesn't say anything, if he says something, he's a whiner. If he doesn't say anything, oh, then it must be true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I feel so, you. So the fact that, you know, he went out there and he felt like he needed to address everything that's happened in a public forum just to squash all the rumors. He wouldn't have had to done do it if those things weren't leaked and, and said about him. Right. So, he could have said it, but it, it wasn't the message. It was the delivery. Yes. <laughs> you know? Right. Things he, right. Is, yeah, it's not, you know, like a lot of people hate Jim Cornette. It's like, well, some of the things he says are true. I think you just have an issue with the delivery of the message. Punk could have come out and said, hey, uh, I just want people to know uh, these rumors are false. Blah, 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 blah. I just, now that we address this, let's continue on with the questions. Let's move on. Right. Let's move and on. could have been, Yeah. But, uh, you know, Punk's an emotional dude. And like I said, you just brought the guy from the ring where he's still in fucking ring mode. And he didn't have a chance to decompress and all this stuff. And then, you know, the word is, you know, uh, there's an altercation in the back. And uh, I don't even know, want to say anything because I don't know what's true because there's right one person's side, there's another person's side. Uh, there's... I guess the best way we can always sum this up is, is we don't know what we don't know. And because right. it's pending, you know, uh, the, the, the story is it's been alleged, not confirmed, that Omega and the Bucks went to his dressing room, either knocked on the door or barged into the room. At some point, punches were thrown. Right. Either the young or the buck was hit by CM Punk. Omega apparently got, or and then the other young buck got hit in the head with a chair, like with a shoot chair shot by Ace yeah. Steel. Kenny Omega got bitten by Ace Steel, um, which is just fucking chaos, right? Like, I'm not laughing all because of, it's funny. All like, five of these guys, like for me, again, like again, I have to look at this because of the way my brain works. In any situations like this, I always look at it in the context of like what would happen at my office. If something like this took place, right. everybody would be fired. Right. Everybody would be fired. This yeah, is not, it's not a publicly traded company. It's a private enterprise. 
But these people are also representing your company, not just as entertainers, but three of these fucking guys are executive vice presidents inside of their corporate structure. Three of them. And you're going to tell me that you're going to allow, and that's, I think, one of the issues I have with Tony right now, too. You're sitting, again, like, you're sitting there allowing Punk to air his grievances during a media scrum as the chairman and CEO of this company. You need to shut this shit down. You need to shut this down. And if you can't do that, then you need to have someone who has media training, somebody who has something to shut this down. And then you have this issue in the back now with these EVP. Like, it's, uh, you know, again, my thing, my stance on this, and I've been pretty, I haven't been vocal about this because I, I don't say this shit on Twitter. I just say it to whoever we're talking wrestling with. Right. You, you know, you're never on Twitter. No, I mean, and always, oh, I don't give a fuck what you have to say. I care about how I feel about this. And if you don't like it, then don't follow me. Um, right. There's that. Yeah, like, you are not required to follow me. I don't give a shit about engagement. I don't. You think I care about engagement on my own tweets? I don't care. I care about this community here with the pod squad, and I care about a, a show with Blue Meanie and the things that we do there. That's it. But if it's me, strip them of the titles and you're fired. You have to. What, like, well, well, you're setting a precedent. One of the, 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 the stories is that the, one of the uh, heads of legal was there when it was present when all this happened. Right. I, I, the name's escaping me, but mega is the name, I believe. Mega. Yeah. 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 She's like second to Tony. She's like, she's yeah. Right hand person. You know, she was present when all this happened. So you have three executives from the company executives. Once you, once you go executive, you're no longer just a wrestler, right? You lose that title. Yeah. Yeah, so the fact the fact that you know they engaged, you know, it, it doesn't look good. It's 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 not a good situation. Um, again, I gotta wait for everything to for I comment on everything else. But they went to his room and while he was getting medical treatment, mind you, uh, he, he still had to get that that cut looking after and or taken care of and his torn tricep needed to be looked at. If that, you know, truly happened, then it's, it's not good. It's not good. One of the things that I, that, and then you mentioned this too, and, and we'll button it up here because again, we're waiting for And again, me and I are going to talk about this. I'm sure. Cause there's, it's still a developing story. There's a lot of meat on the bone. There's a lot of biting on the, the arms. Apparently uh, there's going to be a lot of shit to talk about, but I've seen some shit. Like I've seen some really <laughs> shit. Imagine if, imagine if Ace Steel picked up Larry the dog <laughs> and took him over to Kenny Omega like Jake so the Snake Robert. He could bite Kenny like, Omega. No, <laughs> when Jake the Snake picked up the Cobra to bite Randy Savage's arm. Yeah. And he picked up Larry went, all right, Larry. You, little mother, you motherfucker. Yeah. I've seen some really shitty takes. One in particular comes to mind, but I've seen some really shitty takes about, oh, man, well, let them hash it out. This is what the boys do in the locker room. And, you know, only enough Omega's pussy and this, that, and the other. Blah, blah, blah. He fucking stand up for himself. It's like Brett and Sean in 97. It's like, first of all, we all know what happened with Brett and Sean in 97. One of them left the fucking company. And no one agree. Everyone agrees that this was not good for business back then. Yes, they went out and finished their business, but... And neither one of them was an executive. Right. And then, again, to be clear, 
Neither one of these guys were executive in the, in the, in the corporate structure and the corporate organization of that company. But we also yeah. know, looking back on it now, that everyone was saying the same thing. It was toxic, not good, and a bad situation all the way around. Did they finish business? Of course they did. But it wasn't okay then, and it wasn't okay now. You yeah. can't have your fucking top stars fighting. And I can't, I'm sorry. It's not okay. This is not the fucking Wild West, man. You are a representative of a company. You are an executive in a company. Like, get your shit together, guys. Like, do ha- handle this elsewhere. If y'all want to fucking take it to the street and beat the shit out of each other outside of the office, be my guest. Through the street, taking it to the, taking it to people. Sorry, I, I'm never going to miss an opportunity to imitate Michael McDonald. But no, I just, I stripping them of the titles was the right decision. Was the yeah. all of them all the way across the board, and no one knows what happens because none of them are in the opens anymore. They've all been removed from the opens. There's no men- There was no mention of any of them by name at any time. Even MJF, who we all thought was gonna lace into them, didn't say he. He he said Nick Khan instead and Triple H. Um, I don't know. I got a lot of feelings on this man, but like, don't don't do tough guy shit on Twitter, guys. Like. This yeah. is, don't do tough guy. Don't be a tough guy because you're not a tough guy on Twitter. Like, stop this. Stop this right now. This is not a good situation. This is not a situation to be hyping up. This is not a situation to be agreeable with or for anybody. Um, it's just bad because news, we man. Don't we don't know. Right. And I, I just, I, I'm just disappointed, I think is like, because to see, because I, again, as in all things, I really want AEW to succeed. Meanie wants, and I'll speak for Meanie on this one. I know Meanie wants AEW to succeed. But this kind of shit doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and then and there's like so much other stuff that's involved because there's there are suspensions, but like there's also other suspensions like Christopher Daniels, Pat Buck, and a couple other people who I guess were just happened to be in the room or whatever. I don't know what the circumstances for those suspensions were. Right. Whether they tried to stop it or they egged it on, who knows? I don't know. Again, I don't know, but you know. I, more than the, the Bucks and Punk and A Steel were suspended. Yeah, so it, it's just insane. It's crazy. We're gonna keep an eye on this, and we're gonna uh, we're definitely gonna talk about it more because there's obviously more to talk about uh, as the uh, news comes up. I'll end with this. It makes you uh, wonder the reason why is, you know Cody left. I was just dude. This is why we do the show together. I was just gonna bring that up. Just gonna no, bring Cody. that up. You know, Cody left the company. He helped start, and uh, makes you the, the situations like this make you wonder. Why did he leave a company that he started to go back to a place that he wasn't happy at? Why? What's yeah. this? Punk wasn't there then. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/MindandMedia and watch my inquisitive face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See us making all the faces and wondering why Cody Rhodes left the company. But in and- any event, um. Thank you for entertaining us again this week. Pod Squad, thank you for the question. Oh, actually, we have one more question. You got time for one more question? Yeah. All right. With great Twitter handle name, Runs With Crab says, Okay, Meanie, do you hug fans? It's understood that a lot of celebrities are rightfully apprehensive about this. If not, squicked the hell out. I don't know what squicked means, but I love the word. I guess it means like, like you know, skeeved. I guess. So, uh, Meanie, do you hug fans? Yeah, most photo opportunities, if you see me take a photo with a fan, I usually have my arm around them. Uh-huh. Buddy old pal kind of. Hey, pal. Um, yeah. I, you know, when, uh, 
when, uh, you know, I never seen, uh, you know, like when somebody takes a photo and they do the whole point to the guy, like, like this, it's like, I, I was never comfortable with that. I did, I, I did it, but I real, I realized I needed to stop doing that because it's like, hey, look at this guy. Hey, look at this fucking guy, Jimmy Bats oh. over here. Hey, hey look at this fucking guy. So, I, I either you know put my arm around. If it's two people, I'll put you know I'll do me in the middle and put my arm around both. Like, hey, we're buddies. Or if it's me, I'll put the one arm and I'll just like have this one hand. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I hate doing that. Hey, look at this guy. Point to the. Look at this fucking guy. All right, this fucking dude over here. Jimmy Bats and Johnny knows over here. As long as they smell good, you know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, dude, uh, dude, we did that one icons and somebody came up to me. I had to take two fucking three steps back. I was like, mm-hmm. Ooh. yep. I had to moonwalk out of that fucking situation. Just moonwalking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to see you doing the moonwalk away. Dude, it was bad. There were some folks there that were pretty ripe, my friend. And I'm not speaking of all fans. I'm just speaking on not those. Right. There are particular folks who were a bit smelly. Not everybody, though. Everybody was really cool, though, that came up. I got my first behind-the-table experience at Some the event. Right guard. Some used right guard, but they forgot the left guard. Yes. Yes. Please. Some, some, use, some used a secret, and it fucking told them. Please wear deodorant. Please shower before you come to these events. Please wash your clothes before you come to these events. Yes. Do something, please. Don't, I dare you. Don't be smelly. Don't be the smelly guy in class. Don't be the smelly gla- smelly gal in class. But you can yes. join our class here at patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Sign up today. See us here every week. Blue Meanie, thank you so much for your time as always. But more importantly, where can everybody find you on social media? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, you can follow me at Blue Meanie, B-W-O, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and something called TikTok. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, if you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Um, if you would like to support mine at a Meanie, help us keep the lights on here, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash mine at a Meanie. Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Uh, my boy Ra Hicks is doing an amazing job over there at collarandelbowbrand.com. Use promo code MEANY and save 10%. Uh, like I said, yeah, Rod's doing amazing work over there with the relaunch. Now you got some fancy T-shirts. You got to look good. You got to smell good. And if you're a bearded fellow like myself, you have to go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get yourself some of the blue spruce. Over there, madcatbeardcare.com. My boy, Josh Thornton. Not to be confused with the British wrestler, wrestler Les Thornton. Uh, is doing a great job. Uh, all the proceeds go to taking care of feral cats. He uh, rounds them up, takes them to the vet, makes sure they're uh, happy, healthy kitties. So uh, yeah, I don't draw a dime from that. So uh, all the money goes to the cats. So go to madcatbeardcare.com. Shout out to my boy, Jim Nelson, over at GlaciersofIce.com. Oh, man, he does amazing work. He made uh, three of three handmade custom BWO Air Jordan 1 sneakers for Stevie, Nova, and myself. 
each pair of sneakers takes Jim about 50 hours Sheesh. per pair to make. Uh, you can follow Jim. Uh, he posts great photos and videos of his work over at goikicks.com. Again, goikicks.com. See some of his great uh, progress photos and videos. Amazing work. Um, also, uh, if you would like uh, a specialized video from the blue guy, uh, birthdays, holidays, well wishes, uh, or anything in general that you can think of, as long as it's uh, funny and entertaining, go to cameo.com slash blue mini BWO. That's cameo.com slash blue mini BWO for all your blue mini video message wishes. So uh, with that said, where can we find you? Mr. Bernard. Me? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at This Is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. You can also check out my secondary show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net. Uh, it's where all my interviews are. I talk about a bunch of shit that we don't talk about here. Um, I've had incredible conversations with Rob Van Dam, Robert Costa, Alex Holder, and a bunch of other folks. Go ahead, check it out, foundationradio.net. Go and pick up a t-shirt to support the show at Foundation Radio, or excuse me, at prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Also, pick up a shirt to support this show. Get yourself a Paps Blue Mini. Get yourself a new, brand new, blue, I'm an Adam Bernard guy shirt. Uh, yeah. Get the original BWO t-shirt over at Patreon. Or, excuse me, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Mini. Sign up today, Patreon.com slash Mind of the Mini. There it is. I got all the links right now. Uh, we are so happy to have you here, Pod Squad. Thank you so much for joining us for the Blue Mini. I am Adam Bernard. Joining, join us again each and every week as we take a trip to the mind. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Mini's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 